Thirteen years ago, Federico Aguilar had his life cut tragically short in the late hours in Phoenix, Arizona. To this day, his murderers have not been caught. Today, we are going to be discussing the cold case of Federico, a.k.a. Freddy Aguilar. Hey, hello, welcome to the Here Today, Gone Tomorrow True Crime Podcast with your host, me, Jasmine Ray. Freddie was the middle child of three boys. He loved to cook and to be with his mom in the kitchen. I had the wonderful opportunity to speak with his mother. Her name is Armida. And I'll include that clip here, portions of it, so that way you can hear from her perspective what happened. We discussed a little bit about updates, um, what her ideas are, and so that way you could get to know Freddie a little bit more and how much this tragedy has impacted his family. His mother referred to Freddie as the glue of the family because he kept everyone together. Freddie had the desire to grow up and be in the military or become a professional MMA fighter. According to Freddie's family, he had a way of touching people's hearts with his bright smile and his wisdom. He was born September 19, 1995 in Mesa, Arizona, and today he would have been 27 years old. It was August 28, 2010, when Freddie spent the night at a friend's house near 47th Street and Rosa Road when two suspects entered into the home and began shooting. The suspects entered around 4.30 a.m. demanding money and marijuana. There were a total of four people in the home that were shot. And as the suspects left, apparently they had attacked another person asleep in a car out front. Out of the five injured, including Freddie, Freddie was the only one not to survive. And so when I was researching this case and I found no updates, it left me with several questions. You know, out of those four survivors, no one could identify who shot them. There were no descriptions. Who was asleep outside and why were they attacked? Were they attacked by friends? And so those were some of the questions that I was able to ask Freddie's mother, Armida. And I'm going to include that clip here. All right. So I have Armida here with us today to tell us a little bit more about Freddie before this unfortunate event happened. And I'm going to have her kind of introduce herself a little bit more and then tell us more about Freddie. Yes, hello? Yes. I wasn't sure you could hear me. So, um, what is it that you want to know? So tell us a little bit about you and are you guys, like, did you start off in Phoenix, born and raised there? What was growing up like, personality? My boys were all born in Arizona. Nice. Um, and this is the Freddie was kind of like the for um, him and his brothers, the middle child. Um, 
growing up as a happy kid, uh, I loved to watch cartoons, do whatever you do as a kid. And, uh, one thing about him is study people and push your buttons. Took <laughs> a lot of time in the lessons for that. He really knew how to jump. They didn't know how to jump. How to respond to the principles of yeah. Um, was very well liked by very well respected by his teachers. Uh, always somebody out, and he just did one of his friends. He leave on a Friday and come back on Monday. But we always knew where he was. I don't. I anybody have any issue with him ever? Yeah. Hung around it. Did what everybody else does. Did the video games, working and whatever else, and never really got in trouble. So kind of like leading up to this, uh, from what I had found is that he was just staying the night at a friend's house. Uh, yes, we, um, these were friends that I guess he grown up with and particular friend um, is is one that he would go spend every weekend there. Um, and he never um, encountered any issues with it, anything going on there. Uh, at, I mean, at, at this point, we were losing our house. We were in one house to another. And this, this particular weekend, I remember him asking if he could go with his friends. And uh, my husband had to go because they need to help me back up and move. Um, so I was saying, Mom, please let me go with the office. I said, that's fine. He always kept his work. So I let him go. And uh, we, well, I stepped to the new house. Um, it was a the morning that we were at the new house, I we made breakfast for everybody. Um, but we, we, we fortunate enough that we didn't have our um, cable hooked up yet. We had no radio, none of them. We were really able to listen to what was going on. Only my voice kept saying that phones um, were blowing up, telling them and telling them that they were cold. And they finally came and let me know, hey, these people keep calling from phone saying that he's dead and what shall we do? So I got my husband ready and went down to do work. The house was um, and see that it was taped off, yellow tape, they weren't letting anybody in it. Uh, not even the uh, the parents of uh, the, the kids that were in there. Um, all we were told at that time was that five males had been had been taken to different hospitals. So I spent the morning going to the hospital in Phoenix, I think. And no one could ever, um, no one could tell us where he was or where he was. Turns out the whole time he was in the hospital. Wow. That must have been terrifying. And then 
when we find the gun from Trump, they wouldn't let us see him. And they wouldn't, uh, they were asking for any identification that we could, that they could use to identify him. Everything I described was in my mind. Um, lucky for me, I always carried a little, um, after they were little, I didn't think about it. Their little fingerprint, oh, yeah, those cards. Yes, I carried those with me, and that's what they used to identify me. Who would have thought, or two years later, right? So they used that, but we were not able to see the body or anything for two weeks to the night of the viewing. Wow, and it was. It's really hard for my husband and my boy. There's a lot of pretty things in here, so um, it's kind of hard to see all the pretties together. Come together, and then no one could. It was hard to see. Yeah, absolutely. That morning, I remember, yes, we had taken out the new house. We had come up. Um, Getting ready for school, and he was complaining about his shirt being in the blood or something. My last words are to stop being a drama queen. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you later, mom. And that was the last time I heard. Wow, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. That is, I could not imagine the pain of that. Um, so. When, because it was two people who came in and shot, correct? Uh, the my understanding is that there was a. I guess his friends had an older brother that had been arrested. Uh, they had the money and the drugs on him. So, what my understanding of the whole situation was that. It was two people that broke in the front door, um, shooting off the males inside. But at the back of the house, by the uh, it was the one that he was trying to escape out of, there was somebody out there waiting. Wow. He was shot in the arm, seen twice. And a friend of his that lived there was raised in the head. But I don't think it was shot or something. The man that was shot in the back. And then there's another one. His friends. So what was going on? He had a friend visiting from China. Everyone was going to jump in the Friend pulled him out. So he could go out and step. And the guy that was with him, his chin, put his gun to bring it to the shop. Wow. Freddie died on his way to work. Not in the ambulance. After all these years, I understand that it was a, it was a home invasion. And was, uh, Fixed out to be, 
but I think my cell was a bit. And that was something that And so when you, so you have mentioned that to the police, that that's your suspicion and did they ever, you haven't. Incarcerated, but with COVID hitting, um, they were not able to get at the time. So uh, now, three years later, you know what's going on with the police. I don't even think they've tried to find these people. Wow. I know that my friend that was shot in the head, when he sees me, I guess he goes to a lot of friends they'll come up to me be strong be strong yeah and so yeah that is incredibly incredibly difficult so out of those survivors out of everyone who's survived none of them came forward to say who they thought it was know my belief is that they know who it is and I believe that it could be a family member of theirs and maybe they're afraid of them and that's why they can work. Yeah. Cause that's what I was wondering, you know, there's with so many survivors there, I was like, I'm surprised there has not been an update in, you know, thirteen I'm years. I gotcha. And also in the report, it said that there was someone asleep outside and they were also attacked. I guess there was a man, a, a van or something, sleeping out there and I guess he was assaulted also. But he wasn't like a part of anyone in the house, just kind of a random person. Gotcha. Okay. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. So if there's anything that any of us could do to help you either get, you know, some more traction in this case or a response from the detectives, is there anything that you would want help with? I, in all the interviews, I told everyone, including the people that are responsible, that if they went to 15 minutes of payment, 
come forward. I've already forgiven them. I mean, it's not up to me to them and God. You know, it's a guilty conscience. Not my I just want to know why they did it. But I do. Somebody out there does something. And if it is a universe, I mean, I think it's. I think it's time for you to uh, forward. Because Freddie didn't deserve it. Yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't at all. He was a person that was talking about going into things. He wanted to be a, wanted to be a sheriff. He wanted to be an MMA fighter, boxer. So many things that he wanted to do. And he just got a chance to do it. Yeah, yeah. It just happened. He just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Exactly. That's all I ask. If anyone that needs keep your eyes and ears open, the slightest thing that you guys don't be afraid to report it. We need we need justice for him already. He knows it's a long time. It absolutely is way too long. Absolutely. So what I'll also do at the very end of the episode is attach um, some of the information for the Phoenix Police Department so that if anyone does have anything helpful to share to the police or do they want to come forward or something, I will include the contact information for that and the phone numbers. Okay. I mean, I'll take whatever I can give and It's amazing. I never knew how many friends he had or he was not one to ever talk about the world. But let me tell you, they have his funeral. There was so many men. And uh, teachers that knew him from kindergarten on were there. Yeah, that's beautiful. It sounds like he impacted a lot of people. He did. Um, I, I'm not one that a bunch of therapy to talk about this. My therapy was talking about him uh, to other people. But I always feel that by talking about him, um, I've been told they, they feel like they knew him. Just by the way, I because like I said, he was a person that loved to uh, sit back and study you, and he knew exactly how to put your body <laughs> and make you react. He was good at that. Yeah, he sounds like he was such a such a sweet, loving, caring boy. Thirteen years is a long time. I think it's time to start looking to try and find justice for him, so we can all rest 
Absolutely. Well, those are all of the questions that I had for today's uh, portion of the interview. Is there anything else that you want me to share? I just, like I said, all these friends, uh, the reason we buried them with is that it's because they're able to go visit them and sit there and talk with them. Uh, but if anybody knows or hears, or if they can remember just the slightest detail from that night, please don't hesitate to go and contact police and let them know. Because without Without people coming forward, this case will just stay like, like it is for now. I do what I can. I'm just one person. Exactly. And, um, I don't seem stable anymore, so that makes it a little bit harder. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and hit the stop button here. Give me one second. So now that you've been able to hear it straight from Freddie's mom, straight from his family, and if you visit his obituary webpage, you will see the tons and tons of love that his friends and family have posted on there and truly how many people he impacted in just 14 short years. It really is a shame that over 13 years later, there still has not been arrest because people choose to keep quiet. If you know something, please say something and let's bring this family closure. What I'm going to put in the show notes is the phone number as well as an email uh, contact address where you can contact the Phoenix Police Department. And please, if you know something, if you know something about August 28, 2010, in the Phoenix area near 47th Street and Rosa Road, which is spelled R-O-E-S-E-R, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, um, please just call, email, contact the detectives on the case because his family needs justice.